Hello there, I'm Jordan O'Brien and this is the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me for episode 19 of the New Leaf podcast is one of the three fabulous presenters of the Banter Hub podcast and uh, someone who I don't know quite as well as everyone else, but it's a name that always pops up, Paul Alexander. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me. Pleasure to be on. Uh, I'm glad you can quickly stand in for <laughs> the, the troubles that I was facing, but um, thanks. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You were going to be on next week anyway, yeah, so um, I may as well just bring you... Yep. Fast track you forward then. Um, how have you been? You were working earlier. How was that going for you? Yeah, work's been grand. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a classroom assistant, so um, my day's flying through the day. Um, I'm loving it at the minute. Uh, it beats the office job I was in before. So <laughs> I, I think was, I, was, I think most things just beat like an office job in general yeah, these days. Um, but I have been busy, busy since the football's been back. So um, it's been all good. Better getting out of the house, aren't we? So. Yeah, it's something to it's something to hold on to. I think from Monday, you're now allowed spectators at football matches. Yeah, I believe so I think it's five hundred. I think so. It's based on risk assessment too. Yeah. So I'll have all the angry parents back in. <laughs> Why am I not allowed to come down and watch? Yeah. I'll have all them back shouting and screaming. So um, no, but it's good. I think for the parents too. You know, it's been hard for them as well. So not being able to watch their kids. So I think them coming back in is a good thing too. Yeah, because you, you probably feel like a sense of pride and joy as a parent watching your kids yeah, sort of play junior football because it doesn't last long, as no. as we both know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it, Short careers. It comes around very, very quickly. Um, Paul used to regularly kick me in the younger <laughs> days. Are you oh. sure I got caught you back then like this? <laughs> well, I was, I, was, I, was, I was slightly smaller then. <laughs> We've definitely went opposite directions yeah. here from the way we were both as youngsters. Um, we were chatting... Just a little bit about you know former teammates and people we know mutually through the the football scene as well. Um, in particular with Hillsborough Boys, and it's a club that's always had something close to your heart. That's you know it's been yeah, where you've awesome. been from what the age of about five. five? Yeah. yeah. So um, we talk about we talked a wee bit before about support systems and stuff. Um, Hillsborough Boys has been like one of the biggest support systems I've had for all my life. Like I've. What's that? Sixteen years I've been at the club, sixteen, seventeen years, and you know the stuff they've done for me and what the opportunities they've provided me with. You know I could never repay them. You know whatever hours I do, volunteer wise <laughs> or coaching wise, and I, I do a lot. But uh, yeah, I love that club, and uh, it's just I think you don't understand it until you play for it. I don't know whether that's the like the perception outside of it, but it's just such a family based club, and I know there's loads of them. There's loads in Lisburn, you know so family orientated and everybody knows everyone in the club but it generally is like that at Hillsborough like I I know every single you know I know all the coaches I know all the players and that's just because I've been there that long part of the furniture yeah <laughs> but even starting up the senior team and stuff recently and it was only a few years ago getting involved in it and it's just going the club's just going strength and strength like and it's been brilliant to be a part of you know watch it grow and stuff like that Um, but yeah I love Love every minute of it. Like it's a brilliant club. Yeah, it does. As a, as an outsider to Hillsborough Boys, um, bar two training sessions that I took part in. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you come to I did. Yeah, I trained. Was um, it was there, no? It, no, it was um, Chad Edmonds here. So yes. it was Chad. I think it was the ninety eights. I would have been ninety eight. I can't remember if you were there, but I, remember, I, but I, I came down um, with a couple of friends of mine. I grew up with Jack and Dylan. Yeah. And they weren't playing that much to be no, honest. No. They really weren't. But um I came down initially as a centre forward because I was playing with DeMurray and I was top goal scorer there. Yeah. And I was training and it was Davy Edmonds was taking the training sessions. I would have been, been there. Well, I might don't know what I would have been there, but Davy took me as well. And, and we were doing a couple of seven or eight side games and then I got bored and jumped in nets and started doing goalkeeping as well because that was the other yeah, thing I'd done yeah. too and I was actually better at it than it was Is playing that outfield. Because I know you're, you're a goalkeeper, obviously now, well. I'm not sure if you are still playing. It's it's um not at the minute no, but the goalkeeping came from a cup game we were playing for Lisbon Wanderers, 
and we I think we were beat three one. We were losing three nil and um again I was dressed head to toe in the goalkeeping gear and you could bring on all the subs and I looked at Curly and was like any any chance of getting you know a couple of minutes here so I grabbed the yellow shirt and came on and scored. <laughs> So uh, I transitioned to a striker and then just over the course of a few years started to get a little bit bigger, dropped into midfield, played left back as a right footer for a couple of years at Lambic Rangers. Oh, pretty much. (laughs) And then went away to uni and became a goalkeeper. And and that was it then. Won a league title and should have just finished it there. Should have ended it in the high. Yeah. (laughs) You think to yourself, it's not going to get any better than this. No. Uh, did you play any university football while you were away? No, I remember the first time I went to Freshers Pro, which is where you sign up to all the, the teams, and I signed up for a trial, and I didn't. I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently over like a thousand people signed up just for a trial, and it was kind of like I basically had to all be getting a trial or getting looked at, so I just never ever bothered with it. And then when Obi and stuff come over. And they went in third year. They started. They knew again the football team and, and managed to get their way in. And I actually went for a few training sessions in my final year, but it was kind of like no point in starting now, is there? Like, and it was after Christmas too, so no. And that was one regret I had from playing from from uni was never playing football over there. You know? I'd say places like Liverpool probably would have been very very competitive for. Yeah kids come on and playing sport in general the uni teams they had from what I know the first teamers like there was boys that were on the books of league one league two clubs you know in the first team yeah it would have been difficult to get them for a start but even just you know playing for a Sunday league team or a Saturday team I would have loved to have done that over there I think it would have made things a lot easier in my first year at uni I found myself flying home quite a bit getting the boat home because I missed football that much it was like you know I want to come home and play yeah, yeah. You, and especially at a, at a club like Hillsborough Boys, which has been your life yeah. for so long that you just feel so strongly so that yeah. you need to go and, and play for them. And, and that's. You'd have to wear like a, a striped top underneath your yeah. kit away from uni. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but um, yeah, similar with me, there was a, our, our first team, especially at University of South Wales, is like trying to chase the dream and be the next Cardiff Met because they have a, a semi-professional team as well as the university one so that's the next step for them but I think the season we won the league the first team won the Premier Division and then won the Premier Cup as well so they were the number one team in the UK yeah. for football and just like the Liverpool team you've got players there that are on the books for League 2, League 1 or you know play yeah. Welsh Premier League when, you know, which is probably the standard of the Irish League yeah. maybe slightly better over there and even watching some of those guys play football was just it's mental people don't realise they don't think the standard of university football over in England like it's it's crazy you know, some of them first teams the players they have and stuff yeah we we had a guy Danny he was a left back and um, all the way through his sort of junior football career he was in the development squad for Swindon and was an unbelievable player yeah. and just a hell of a left foot like could hit a free kick from 35 yards and it was top corner every single time he struck it I think those boys are the people who haven't made it like you wonder how, they, how good they are and then that's a yeah. step up even, Lisburn's full of those people yeah. they're like oh they could have went away and had a trial <laughs> but just like the paint too much yeah. oh aye that's what it was Cruciate done it for me yeah that was me like. aye <laughs> and like you mentioned as well you're, you're back with coaching the kids too and I think it's important that the kids get back into it probably more so than the adults because like we mentioned you don't have an awful lot of time in kids football um, and that that's where you learn everything and start to develop a little bit more and that's where you pretty much have fun most yeah, of your days just like so. you know when they're in school too so yeah. I'm sure it's great for you to be able to get back into the swing of things and coaching the kids yeah no it's brilliant um I've been coaching from when I was 16. I feel like I've been coaching for a lifetime. But uh, I started coaching when I was 16, and now I have my own wee team. And I think my perception of coaching's changed. You know, as it went up, I think, first of all, it started as like, you know, I have to make these kids the best footballers they can. And I don't think that's the way to look at it now. I think Justin, our director of football, Justin's talked about it quite a lot. Um, he thinks, you know, if we can, if we can build a kid up, 
to be like you know to be the really nice person and he, he walks out of our club and he's had a good time as long as he's come in for an hour and he's loved it and you know and he looks forward to the next session that's more important than you know him being the, the next Messi or the next Ronaldo yeah um, but I think it's it's kids now you know they've had it really they've missed out on a lot with lockdown and, and with all that stuff that's went on so it's just important that they come back and they enjoy it you know because they've been they've missed out on so much and I just think when they've come back in we've just tried to do that as much as we can um, we try to interact with them and stuff don't get me wrong when uh, over the lockdown you know I done quizzes with them and I done different things but it just wasn't the same and, and to see them back the last few weeks has been brilliant you know and I think they've enjoyed it a lot more um, but yeah uh, and, and when you hear like the kids laughing and enjoying themselves yeah. and they get to see their friends that they haven't sure. seen for probably over a year it just makes the world a difference to them at that age especially too Definitely. so it, it is great that football is now it's coming back. It, it's, it's back it's up and running whether it's local league or premier league as well and premier league's done and dusted for another year we can look forward to yeah i think if it really ruben diaz has, has impressed me big tonight and I, I think they look solid at the back and we all know what they're like going forward so i don't know france are obviously a good outside bet as well uh, not outside bet, sorry, because they just won the World Cup. They had, a, they had a... What was the last one? Was it the World Cup? What was yeah, the, the, the 2018 World Cup, they won it, yeah. But there's always seems to be like a... It's very hard for a, for a team to do two in a row. You know, I think Spain's done it. I Spain done the three, they, the two European Championships and the World yeah, Cup in between. But you very rarely see them do the two. But Benzema's back in two. I think I'm going Portugal. Portugal. Where are you going? For me, it's always been Germany for me. Yeah. Yeah, from 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 a young age. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always been Germany. I've wanted to go on and win it, but if I was to put my money on anyone, it would probably be France yeah. as my favorite, and then an outside bet possibly Spain. Yeah, big big uh, big decisions today in the Spain camp, wasn't there? I know it. It just goes to show you how ruthless they are. Yeah. They they drafted Laporte, who was French three weeks ago. Yeah, and now Ramos <laughs> has got the boot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he it's gets he gets chucked to the side, but um, just as long as it isn't England, because oh. I don't think I could stick it from any of my English until I went to uni. I was the exact really? same mate. And now I, I don't want them to win anything ever. <laughs> I was in the middle of the valleys in Wales, and I was surrounded by English people, and I couldn't understand why. And yeah, after the whole football's coming home, yeah, nah. carry on in twenty eighteen. I was sick of it. I have a few English mates, obviously from from uni and they take do nothing but take the piss out of how bad Northern Ireland are and I just can't hack them now I have to England have to be out in the group stages oh absolutely or just go through second and get hammered in the knockout stages by someone at least yeah it is like the the dream I like getting a bit of glimmer of hope you know like they have with the World Cup and then they go out in the semi-finals or something (laughs) that's not bad either make them suffer (laughs) no I'm the exact same as you mate had a bad experience just with English people and um the time of the World Cup qualifications when Northern Ireland played Switzerland, I was over at uni watching it, and honestly, I got tortured the whole night. That was the that was the, the home game, the first leg with the handball that oh, wasn't a handball. I was at that game, and I, I wanted to cry. Yeah. like I was, I was almost unconsolable for a whole hour afterwards in the bar at the university. Oh, it was so rough. It was so rough. I mean, I was lucky enough to go to the Euros in 2016, so that sort of softens the blow a wee bit. But the thought of a World Cup, I think, was amazing. I mean, my dad actually went to Russia. Oh, did he? Yeah, so he had booked tickets to go before for the qualifier, just hoping, fingers crossed, to get through. They got, they got put out, obviously, and he was just like, ah. I'll just go <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so him and his two mates went, and they had a ball. Like he says, he'll never miss a World Cup again. I need to go away for yeah. something at least. And he says he'll never miss one. He says he'll go back every four years. He'll go. I uh, well, hopefully we can do the job again for for the for the next World Cup that rolls round. But uh, in in the meantime, um, we just have to sort of patiently wait for yeah, an opportunity to to come round as well. Um, you mentioned there, you know, university life while you were away and in Liverpool as well. Um, just tell us a little bit about what you did while you were away there course wise um, yeah I did sports business um, so I mentioned I initially went over there for the course 
So this course, I know they were, I think they run it now, Jordanstown, but when I went, where I was down for uni, they didn't run it, so that was one of the reasons I went away. I kind of wanted to do that course, and it was something that interested me. It, uh, to be honest, when I first went, it wasn't something I knew massively loads about. You know, it wasn't like I, I knew loads about this, and that's why I'm going, because that's yeah. what I want to do, but it just interested me. It was like, sports business, I haven't really heard of that. It wasn't massive back then, and I was like, that's interesting. So I went, and there's basically a guy in the year above me, Gavin, was doing that course and he had obviously got a year under his belt so I was talking to him about it and stuff and I thought yeah that's for me so I applied and I went and I, I loved the course it was a small like it was a small course it was only about 30-40 people on it but it was brilliant I loved it you got so much more time with your tutors and stuff um, and you got so much more help and understand the process and everything of uni and I couldn't imagine doing the lecture hall thing yeah there, there's a lot more one-to-one interaction with your lecturers as well yeah. which probably helps you a little bit more 100 they were really good because even now you know we still have a really good relationship with them and you know if we ever need anything or just an email away or a phone call away like but yeah i loved it and this basically the sports business course it's hard to describe but what i would say is like the social media marketing pr you know just jet media in general side of sport basically mm-hmm. so you know like the likes of your social media assistants or your marketing directors of football clubs and stuff like that or, or rugby clubs or whatever sport you fancy yeah but yeah that's basically it summed up um and i loved it it was so uh practical and stuff you know we're, we're making marketing materials all the time and you know for, like mock ones for football clubs we've done a close placement we have it ladies and you know we mocked up their social media and stuff and i just loved it it was and, and I'm sure that's that's one thing that's obviously grown quite a lot in the past 15-20 years in, in world sport it's massive no matter what you go into social media and sport is crazy like just the numbers the money the, everything is so social media driven and you know like even the likes of TikTok at the minute see sports clubs on TikToks like League 2 crazy. sides like Exeter yeah. having the TikTok massive. account that everyone loves yeah and it's just it's huge now it's absolutely massive I still can't get a job in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anyone is listening out there that is involved with social media, I know there's a few possibly, get in touch. Sure, um, yeah. But I, I was speaking to you beforehand, I was listening to a friend Daniel's uh, podcast. He started with Sevilla FC and he helps run their English department for the social media. And I think about three years ago, they were sitting on around 48, 49,000 followers. And at the minute, they're on about 175 thousand in like a three year period it's just blown up completely does Sevilla want a beer sponsor <laughs> <laughs> oh my word but yeah again listening to him and like how how over the past yeah. three years they've set it's all these wrong. plans yeah. you know and 100%. like with the use of social media and you know, Sevilla is always one of those clubs that quite frequently pops up on Twitter and they'll have something that's like viral. Yeah. They'll, they'll throw out a tweet and it's fantastic. And then people go, oh, I'll start following that yeah. couple thousand here or there. Yeah, exactly. exactly how social media works as well. And, and that's the only reason I follow it too. Because yeah. you know? <laughs> some of the stuff that they post, you sit and giggle at. Or like you'll wait for like a Champions League night or a Europa League night yeah. and just sit on Twitter and, and flick through it too. Um. So is that kind of the the, the business venture that you want to go yeah, into? sort of, eventually. Basically, football's obviously my main sport. You know, if I, if I was to choose, I would go in and, and, and do sports business in that aspect. But there's nothing in Northern Ireland at the minute that is really, you know, paid work for working with social media clubs. I did my dissertation on Irish League clubs and, and the engagement they do with their fans. And every club I went to was... You know, the person who was running their social media was a volunteer. So it's hard for me to like, I could go and I could volunteer for an Irish League club. Yeah, I would miss out on coaching the kids on a Saturday. I would miss out coaching the kids during the week. I would miss out playing on a Saturday. I don't know if I want to give that up yet. I don't know if, I, I'm not in a rush to give it up. Definitely not. I think well, if I stop playing football at the age of 30, could I go in and do something like that then? Yeah, why not? You know, I yeah. don't need to do it right now. It's not really top of my list. But if I was to pick a career now and do, you know, if I if I got offered a job, don't get me wrong, I would go and do it right now. I think yeah, I think it's an interesting point that you bring up that it is voluntary and it's probably a lot of people that work minimal hours during the, the week yeah. and then have a lot of free yeah. time because it and is very it know, is probably. very time consuming, you yeah. know, updating what you are 
going to post out and scheduling everything in the upcoming weeks and getting it all ready i'm sure is it's not something that yeah. you can do and juggle two or three job, yeah. extra sort of hobbies i'd say to that too yeah 100%. but uh, that's the main route is to do with it's all degree related um but obviously in classrooms distant at the minute and i'm not really not a pdc or anything like that you know i more or less went into the school to find out do i want to be a teacher mm-hmm. you know and then spend a year in there a year or two in there hopefully i'll know by the end of that do i want to be a teacher or am i going full back in the sports business you know and am i just all my eggs in one basket after that and, and just commit yeah, to it whether yeah it's going to england or whether it's you know volunteering and giving up or, or taking a master's maybe i need another you know i need to further my education again. yeah but even even starting out at like a, a championship level side you know something yeah. that ultimately it is voluntary so it's it's, it's a slog at the start but yeah, it's hard to work for no money isn't it? exactly not really a, a great motivation that is it? <laughs> <laughs> slave away for 50 hours and that's it mate yeah. a pat on the back yeah, and a well, well done coffee. <laughs> <laughs> i'll see you next week yeah. <laughs> but um your university life i'd say was probably the best of both worlds in the way that you got the experience obviously traveling away from home and experiencing life in a different country and living on your own yeah but you also got to do it with the crowd of people that you already knew as well yeah and i think that made it easier you know because obviously you can go you can go away and you and you can like obviously meet new people but that's very depend i can be very you know dependent on other things too you know your course the 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 initial people you get landed in with in your halls you know if they're not good or you don't get on with them and, and you get on with nobody in your course you are in trouble you know mm-hmm. what else are you meant to do for a support system people say oh there's loads of people who are in the same boat yeah but that doesn't mean you're gonna, you're gonna how, how do you find them yeah that doesn't, it's not as easy as that no you know? and i don't get me wrong i think like, the only people they're not the only people i spoke to my whole time at uni and, and i have best friends who, are, who i didn't know before i went to uni you know i still met loads of people but I think having that support system of the people I knew over there helped me so much. You know, I, I can't really imagine my uni experience without them. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived with them. So then the people I knew when I went over in first year, basically, was Gavin, who was the year above me in school. And then he knew people who I got to know as well, you know, stuff like that. And then I eventually moved in with them in second year. I met Aaron on my course, who Aaron's one of my best friends now. You know, he's a guy from Middlesbrough. Um, and we, we go over we, you know he's been over here six or seven times I've been over to Middlesbrough only the once so he'd hit me for that but <laughs> I'm going back over in August here so I'll see you soon as it um, but stuff like that you know you still do meet people there's nothing wrong with hanging around the people you know from home when you go to uni it's, like, it's a home comfort yeah, for you something to hold on to you've nailed it in the head there it is like a home comfort and they understand what you're going through yeah. you know people from England might not because they're only two or three hours up the road. They can drive home at the weekends. You can't always do that. Yeah, that was the exact same problem I experienced as well. A girl, Stephanie, and a guy, Jack. um, Both from here. And if ever, you know, we were feeling like we were missing home, meet up for a drink and the three of us would just chat rubbish. Yeah. And it would feel like you were transported back into Belfast yeah. on a night out or something like that as well. And you need that. But, but definitely you do meet people. And I've, I've mentioned before in this podcast, I met a guy, Steve, who the three of us got on like a house from fire from university trials at football and um started watching ice hockey with them and have fallen in love with it as well so uh, again if i hadn't moved away and taken that risk i never would have met him or any of my housemates some course mates and then never would have fallen in love with a, a brand new sport that i never yeah. thought i had any interest in but it, it's weird how sometimes things like that just sort of happen yeah fall into place yeah yeah no and i I struggled a lot more in first year not living with my friends than I did in second year and third year. I was home a lot more. You know, just like, not at the time, you don't realise at the time, but I'm looking back now, thinking second year and third year, uni was so much easier than the first. And that could have been for loads of reasons too, you know. Yeah. It was my first year and stuff, but I just found living with my mates, people I knew, people I was comfortable with in my second and third year made the whole thing a lot easier. Yeah. You know, and that's nothing to do with the people I lived with in first year, you know, I, I loved, I lived with three girls and another girl and the three girls helped me massively when I first went over there, like, taught me how to cook, <laughs> like, <laughs> taught me how to work the washing machine, which I didn't have a clue what to do with. Like, the first night I got to uni, very first night, I bought a one pound chicken curry from Iceland 
I was just like panic, you know, I just moved all my stuff in and I was like all over the place. I just needed something quick, get it done, over and done with. I went and bought a one pound chicken curry, put it in the oven, left it for 25 minutes or whatever. Went back into the kitchen, took it out, went to put the fork in it and the fork snapped. Metal fork snapped <laughs> because I hadn't turned the oven on and the curry was still frozen. So the curry still, like I look at, I turned and looked at one of the girls in my flat and I'm like, what's going on here? I have not got a clue. And she's like, you haven't turned the oven on. I haven't even turned the degrees on the thing. So got that sorted out and they looked after me ever since. You know, they were brilliant that way. But, you know, it wasn't like I could go and watch the football with them or anything like that. So you missed that. You know, that's probably the bit I missed. Yeah, that, that sort of social side of like the, the sport that you're interested yeah. in and lads hanging out. Yeah, and I didn't think with them either. You know, I probably could have done more of that. They asked me to go out loads and I never did. I was always with the ones I knew from back home, mm-hmm. which is probably where I could have done better. You know, I should have went out with them. You know, they were my flatmates, stuff like that. And I had a few nights out with them, don't get me wrong, but they probably tried more with me than I did with them initially. Yeah. And I didn't give as much back, which I kind of regret a wee bit. You know, but I, you know, if I seen them walking down the street or anything, we'd talk away. You know, they were lovely to me, like, um, but yeah, it was a struggle. <laughs> and a, a little bit on Liverpool as well. Liverpool is a fantastic city. Oh, I've been yes. there once, and I, I can't remember if you were there, but uh, I was at university at the time, and it was November 2017. I got the bus up from Cardiff to Liverpool, it was six and a half hours, to go to a stag do that weekend. And dedication to the stag, dude. Oh, um, <laughs> honestly, I had some weirdo sitting beside me from Birmingham oh. all the way up, and she was vile. Oh, like, no way. One of those six and a half cross journeys bad enough without someone beside you. <laughs> but she was one of those like creepy, weird, fifty-year-old women who. Oh. Did she talk to you the whole way? Oh yes, absolutely. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst. <laughs> told me about her life and oh, no. shock horror. Split from her partner. Oh, complete God. shock there. And is into like chakras and crystals and all this shit. Just trying to read your palm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to get back to my crossword here. Can you leave me alone? But uh, it was the it was the Saturday then. And I think Liverpool were playing the Saturday night game. And it was, against, like, yeah. it was against West Ham. And we had quite a few Liverpool fellas there. So we all went to McCoolies then. The spot oh, to be for a game. Two pound pints. Oh, unbelievable. So um, I think we actually got signed up for student cards just for the night. Yeah. So we were walking around getting the, getting these cheap drinks. But I go to the toilet and the toilets are downstairs in McCoolies and as I'm coming back up, I can hear like accents behind me. <laughs> and I turn around and there's Gavin and Adam Crooks and a few yeah. other fellas. And it was like a table of 20 people from Lisburn. And I was like, what this the hell? Yeah, <laughs> Have I, am I back home now? This is confusing me turn around and seeing that the likes of yourselves all just sitting around that table having an absolute yeah, ball and a laugh that's and what a place that McCoolies is like literally for, for students it's the heartbeat of like Liverpool you know it's just it is home away from home amazing what a place and I just can't even sum it up in the words it's that good it, it, it's it's almost indescribable yeah. at how good of a place it is like I, and I'm not a Liverpool fan at all and oh, I hate them and like <laughs> well I know you do <laughs> but like I'm not a Liverpool fan at all but I was surrounded by all these scousers watching Liverpool and felt like I had you did support them yeah, yeah it was really strange I'm different because I'm a United fan I don't get that feeling but yeah. I, there's loads of guys like the likes of Aaron who's a Middlesbrough fan like they see on the Champions League final nights or in big games he's singing Liverpool songs oh like, I. People. I and I get that you know people for, who don't have a you know a strong hate for Liverpool they probably just you know, gravitate towards the atmosphere. Yeah. It's that good. Yeah, it, 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 it is unbelievable. And it was the same as when I was at uh, uni, Everton and, I believe it was Everton and Cardiff were playing a Premier League match. The Premier League ticket cost me like 30 quid. Yeah, so I was not. I was sitting in the away end with the Everton fans with my mate Steve who supported Everton all his life. That's class. And again, Felt like it was from Liverpool and hated Liverpool and yeah. shouting red and white shape. <laughs> and just, it completely took over me. And yeah. we were watching it and it was an um, unbelievable experience just to actually watch a Premier League game. Yeah, no, for 30 quid as well. And for 30 quid yeah, too. absolutely worth it. So it was the same. Yeah, just anything against Cardiff City because I don't really like them. True. So I, I sat in the away end with Reading as well in the FA Cup game. Yeah. <laughs> was, when you went to Wales, was that the team you didn't like? Arsenal have a bad history with Welsh teams. Yeah. 
Wrexham in the early 90s and yeah. Swansea and Cardiff so yeah. yeah it's not great I was more interested in when the rugby came around yeah. and then I'd walk around in my Ireland shirt and, <laughs> and like for <laughs> before, before the match all, all the Welsh would love you and then during the game when Ireland would beat them they just they yeah. didn't want to speak to you yeah, they, they hated losing yeah. they were so bitter about it honestly Class, that's what you love though. that's even better and I was walking around saying, Jacob Stockdale's my cousin, fuck you. <laughs> Class. <laughs> and there was a table of about 10 Irish fellas um, and they were just having the time of their lives and I ended up sitting with them and these are guys that are the same age as me or in, in their yeah. 60s and just all sitting watching the rugby and having a laugh and rugby and in some sense football is like those sports where you can have that kind of a laugh and a joke with each other. And yeah. Especially sure. rugby is more like a friendlier environment in some yeah, contexts. Yeah, I'd say so. Bound to be. But, yeah, um, just on Liverpool, it was a great city. Like, I think it's like a home from, it's like almost like a second Belfast, people always say when you're over there. Yeah. It's just that vibe about it. Like, but it's like I got off the bus station and was walking through the main street in Liverpool and lights everywhere and shops are open, places packed. And, and Yeah, honestly, it, so it was fantastic. And, and Cardiff yeah. is the exact same it's like Belfast as well. You yeah. go in there and you just feel like you're at home, and it probably makes things um a little bit easier too. But yeah, you were lucky enough to have a little bit of both. You know, your your mates while you were away, but that kind of experience and yeah, yeah, it like you mentioned, it it helped you quite a a significant yeah. bit. And yeah, do you know what? Uni was the best three years of my life. You know, so it'll be I'll be doing very well with top uni, and I'm sure you're the same. You know, yeah, it, it's just that amazing. experience, yeah, just like your own independence. And yeah. you know, I can go out three nights in a row without my mum looking down on me, like <laughs> <laughs> you're a disgrace. And then you go on the phone on the Sunday night and go, Yeah, I've been working away yeah, hard here, mum. Hard, yeah, room's tidy, trying nice the best. Yeah. <laughs> Are you well fed? Like, yeah. yes, <laughs> frozen chicken curries for <laughs> For us, it was a place called Uni Takeaway, and I think you get like kebab and chips and sauce and a drink for four quid. What else more do you need? Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's <laughs> Is it, it any wonder I came back yeah. heavier? <laughs> <laughs> People wonder why everyone loves uni so much. Exactly. It's cheaper to eat unhealthily than it is to try and, days. you know, have like mince <laughs> and chicken and salad and all that stuff. Uh, I'll have a 16-inch pizza and that'll do me three days. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a tenner. <laughs> three days. Three quid a day. And that'll save me. But um, you're obviously, you're, you're back home now and is there any plans on... Maybe doing a master's, or has it ever crossed your mind? I think I would struggle to go back into education now. Um, I'm not close to it, but I just think I would struggle a wee bit. Uh, maybe I wouldn't do it, you know. Maybe that's just me overthinking it. Um, yeah. But, I don't know, it's hard to say. I'm enjoying earning money. I I, the working side of things yeah. now? I haven't had of money it? for three years really. I've came out of it and now I'm earning a bit and I, I like earning money. You know, the thought of going back into more debt and, and, and not earning money while I'm at doing my masters because it's a lot of work realistically. You know, yeah. probably with, with football as well, I wouldn't have time to work alongside it. So not at the minute. Um I'm happy enough in the in the school and I'm gonna do I'm at the minute I'm doing hopefully one more year there next year and I'll know what I want to do then. Like yeah, and then stuff, and so. then your mind will be yeah. made up but there's there's more definitely definitely not ruling it out. Nah, not yet. Not whatsoever. Not yet. Just in case my mum's listening, I, I might still do it, Mum. <laughs> Don't worry, Paul's gonna behave himself. He'll be grand. <laughs> um so we mentioned a bit of before there, obviously when you were telling the story of the, the frozen chicken curry and when I heard that, honestly I was in tears listening to that. And for anyone that's listened the so past couple of weeks, <laughs> Paul and um, two of his friends, Lewis and Johnny, they run their own podcast as well called the Banter Hub Podcast. Yeah, the Banter Hub. I'm Just not, I'm tell not us sure. a little bit about it. <laughs> not sure we've got banter on it, like, but um, <laughs> that's the name we come up with and that's the brand that we went with for it. Um, yeah, so I always joked about it in the group chats and stuff. I was like, please, we chat some shit in here. Like, surely we can just run our own podcast and chat the shit there and let people listen to it there's a bit of a laugh and I think it was what Johnny kind of texted me and was like here if you're actually going to start your own podcast I'll do it with you and I was just kind of that's the snowball I need <laughs> that was it let's do it let's get it going and I knew Lewis was interested 
from before. Just he had like funny enough, Lewis had not his own podcast, but he he done one episode once of him chatting absolute shite, and he only sent it into our chat for us to listen to. You know, he didn't publish it in Spotify or anything like that. He just did one episode of him chatting absolute muck for an hour, and we all listened to it. We were like, class. When's the next one? When's the next one? Never done it. But then, so I said to Lewis about it too, and I was like. Right, let's get the ball rolling. Let's just do it. If we don't do it now, we're never going to do it. You know, we keep saying we're going to do it. Why not do it? And we ordered, I, I got in touch with JM, who's another guy who runs his own podcast, who wants to have his own podcast. And I knew he had done it. So I was like, right, what do we need? What equipment do we need? How are we going to do this, basically? And he helped us out massively. You know, without him, I wouldn't have been able to run the podcast. Um, but it's been amazing. And I said it, we've said it a few times. Through the podcast, you're having conversations with your mates that you wouldn't have unless you sat down at a podcast and had them. Yeah. Or set the topic. You know, I would never sit down with you and I would never talk about the stuff we're talking about now unless you said, Paul, come for an episode. Let's have a general chat. And it's amazing the stuff you get out. Like, we've done one with Lewis's brother, Gareth Dean, who plays for Coleraine. It's a fantastic goalkeeper yeah. for <laughs> I might have to say. You're a big fan. Oh, absolutely. Number but one hero. He kind of halfway through kind of went, you know, He's my own brother, and I wouldn't have had this conversation with him unless you know we all sat down and had this podcast, which I think yeah. is amazing. And, and they're brothers; they've grown up together. Yeah, and it's amazing. <laughs> and you sent you sent us a lovely message after our first episode or second episode, I can't remember, and said, "Look, it's something we needed a lot more of, and it is hundred percent. You know, it's brilliant. It's amazing, and the stuff. I, ever since you know, for me, starting what the start went up came from me listening to them. You know, I think." When I was in that office job in lockdown, I found myself listening to podcasts all the time and I thought, well, these are brilliant. Like, the conversations people have and the, the stories that people come out with and the, the things you learn about people who you're, inter- you're interviewing or you're talking to, it's just amazing. Like, it's an amazing process and, yeah, as you said, we need to do more of it, I think. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a new form of media that's definitely taken off. Yeah, you know, and, you, and you've big ones out there like, the Joe Rogan podcast, which yeah. everyone will have heard of as well, yeah. yeah, eight or nine years, it'll yeah. be us. It'll be only out in the middle of Monaco or something. Oh, I absolutely. Yeah. You'll be the number one, <laughs> number one podcast in the world, yeah, and yeah. and you'll have the the time of your lives the three years. But yeah, another wee thing I I said, and this is like, you know, we've made those episodes, and we've got them forever. You know, and it's like public record. It's in forty years' time. I have that episode and I can go and listen to what my university life was like. You know, if I've gone for a bit, I ever forgot anything. Or, <laughs> you know, I can go back and I can listen to all them now. You know, they're there forever. Yeah. And I, you know, if I wanted, you know, if I, my kids, you know, want to go on, I can just throw them the podcast and say, here, there you go. Yeah. You know, that's my story. Listen to about me trying to ski and bounce yeah. school here. <laughs> <laughs> listen to me drink 15 pints and, and still be standing. Um, but, I just think it's it's an amazing form of, of media and and it's I enjoy it so much. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what we said when we started. We're not doing it for listens. One hundred percent. You know, if ten people listen to me a week, I don't care. You know, I'm doing it because I, I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm having a good time while doing it with my mates and I'm learning, meeting new people through it. Yeah, one hundred percent the same with me as well. I if there's one or two people who want to listen to it every week, that's fine by me. But. Your your premise of the podcast is the three years gather around and you chat and the thing that I enjoy the most about listening to yours is it's like you're sitting around the table with mates, yeah, uh, and that's the vibe you get from that yeah. podcast especially you know you feel like you're there listening to the conversations I feel like I've been skiing with you guys or I feel like I went to university <laughs> just through just through oh you wouldn't want to say that mate, honestly <laughs> it can't be any worse than me skiing, <laughs> but. That that's that's the great thing yeah, about you guys. Yeah, and and like and that's what I enjoy as well. And then with this one, I want to try and get the point across of yes, it's a it's a conversation between me and someone else. But again, I want them to feel like they're sitting here, and enjoying themselves. And then, you know, there's the overlapping theme about mental health and COVID yeah. and the, the past eighteen months that we've all went through. You know, in our own personal things, um, has been very tough and you know for years to come it's going to have a, a massive effect on everyone yeah. so things like podcasts for me help are an escape yeah, yeah. and e- even doing one as well like you said about you know it's out there 
you know, I, I've shared my struggles and my stories and I've shared my happy moments as well and it's out there for everyone to listen to, you know, yeah. and whether people want to judge it or not in a, in a yeah. good or bad way. Again, doesn't yeah. matter to me. Yeah. I enjoy it. 100%. And the mental health thing's so important, I think, because it is massive now, you know, and by listening, you know, people are talking, when people come on your podcast, they're talking about their ways of dealing with mental health, you know, their ways of dealing with mental health struggles they've had with mental health stuff like that and by listening they might find coping mechanisms or you know they might find you know maybe i'm not not so good mental health wise you know they might recognize that all of a sudden uh, i think now it's so important to talk about it and you know to have your say on it and you never know who you're going to help by listening you know? yeah exactly you know and with with the episode of the week with samantha and we were chatting about um things you can do just in everyday life and everyday conversations to chat with people to see if they're okay you know you don't have to go around and ask everyone are you okay are you feeling depressed and pry that way but there are things that you can just throw in the normal conversation like asking them if they're okay and then no but are are you okay you know it's that thing i seen that campaign of like asking them twice you know yeah because it does that are you okay? It is kind of passive, isn't it? In yeah. that way, it's kind of like... And then someone just goes, aye. Yeah, yeah. And asking that second time, they're going, right, okay, he wants to know. You know yeah. He's interested, he's listening. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not just going to go, aye, not yeah. too bad, you <laughs> know. He, 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 they, they actually they actually care, care about it as yeah. well. But, you know, it was, it was little silly things like that too and all these little signs within people, you know, someone who might love playing football four or five times a week suddenly doesn't have an interest anymore or someone who loves going outdoors and you know exploring suddenly just wants to sit inside you know those are regular behaviors are possible signs for people but it's important that you can recognize them and even if there isn't an issue maybe they just are bored of you know going out and playing football and they want to rest you know but it's it's yeah as you say it's it's making sure of that you know and you know you can identify that then whether it is just you know they're bored or they're fed up with the hate football like I do now <laughs> or whether they are struggling inside and sometimes it's hard too you know I've said that in the past you know, it's, it is hard to tell sometimes if yeah. someone's struggling but the most you can do you, as long as you do the most you can you know is in asking them twice are they okay yeah and stuff like that I think it's important like, or even just firing someone a message yeah. now and again you might not have seen them for you haven't heard from them for a while four or five yeah. weeks just alright man how are you yeah and even from the reply, you can probably tell, you know, not tell, but, you know, maybe there's signs too. Yeah. You can take from that as yeah, well. So, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And um, it, it's something that's obviously played such a huge part of my life in the past 12 months. Um, But before we go on to that, I want to get back on to chatting about the podcast because, again, I think, I think it's fantastic, ultimately, what you guys are doing and, again, offering another... Um, outlet for someone to listen to and we were chatting before we came on about how many there actually are within Lisburn that I didn't even really know until I started doing this like I wasn't aware that JM had his own one with what's happening Uh, one of your guests that you had on Marty Chappelle himself and Robbie Butler with Mind Your Bat Um, Phil's got his one with the golf Phil Latham as well with the, the golf bros too and then ours now as well so there's yeah. five and then a girl i went to school with shan she now has one with a friend from uni um so that's that's five yeah. or six at least within the lisburn area that again we, we didn't really know yeah. existed exactly and but it's I something before, that's growing it's growing and we can all help each other too you know i said that like whether we all meet up and go talk about podcasts and talk about equipment problems we've had you know ideas that we can all do together you know i think that would be brilliant yeah you know as a way of like mixing and i think it would be a good idea in the long run like even even you know korean football club with their own podcast that they're doing too and you know being a fan listening in and enjoying that um i'm listening to the severe one that i mentioned before and then you know bob mortimer the comedian from done like shooting stars and was on taskmaster well he he's from middlesbrough so aaron will probably know who that is he's he's a celebrity over there he has to be (laughs) i'll check him out but and they have a podcast called atletico mints and the two of them the two of them talk absolute rubbish yeah it's quite high up in the charts yeah it's about four or five years old and it's unbelievable honestly it's like 
when I'm listening to yours, I'm just like in tears and work <laughs> listening to it and laughing at some of the random stories that, um, you know, Bob, he has this sort of weird sense of humour and comes up with these all yeah. fucking extravagant stories, but they're, oh, they're really, really strange. Um, is there anything that you're listening to at the minute in terms of podcasts? Uh, the obvious one is Crouchy's. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Crouchy's. Love his. Um, Jimmy Bullard's. He's got one off the hook where he goes fishing with his, uh, with his like with like. Uh, I've seen a couple of clips of that. Yeah, to be so fair, they're on Facebook. Robbie Keane and Bobby Zamora, David Seaman, I think. Brilliant. Love them. My my football in the head. Like in case you haven't noticed, but the United yeah. <laughs> one as well. Uh, I love them ones. I think I think Tubes from Soccer AM was doing like he does YouTube slash yeah. podcasting as well. Is are brilliant? Robbie Savage does one, and Jay Humphreys. I think Jay Humphreys or Dan Humphreys one or two. Can't remember. Jay Humphreys. I think he's the one that's the presenter for yeah. BBC. Well, Dan Humphreys, I think, played for Ulster Rugby. I'm close enough. <laughs> I think. But anyway, whatever one the presenter is, he does one uh, called High Performance. And it basically takes sports stars, but it's slightly different in the fact it usually you get sports people on the podcast and they talk about their stories and stuff and you know take them through your their career. But this one is kind of focused in on performance and high performance and how they got to the best. You know, the like Stephen Gerrard and Lampard, how do they got to be the best centre mids in the world? And it mm-hmm. takes a different spin on it, and it's very good. Um, but yeah, I'm all sport podcasts to be honest. Yeah, I I I kind of enjoy. The, the the sort of there's a few sports ones but then sort of the, the comedy side of ones because yeah, I would never even look into that but but, but again it, it's something different from like you know sticking on the TV and it's the same old stuff I know week yeah, in week out can. too I think with podcasts you can choose can't you you know you can choose what, yeah. what you want to listen to there's a load of so episodes there, I think, or like there was a couple of months ago I seen it's Laura Woods and Akin Fem will yes, have the Super it's Six all one. Over Facebook, isn't yeah, it, all the time? I've yeah, seen a clip seen of the Stuart Dallas one and then went into it and listened to the full thing with him yeah. too. And, and then you listen to all the other ones too. Yeah, and you, st- you go through and you see what footballers have had on and you click on it as like, well. Yeah. <laughs> or like I'll stick a TV on, I'll watch like that off script with Jeff Shreves yeah. and I'm absolutely fascinated with it. And like he'll talk for an hour with John Terry yeah, about England and Chelsea. Soccer box, was it, or something yes. like that? And his was brilliant as well. Like, uh, they're fantastic, those yeah, ones. Very good. But Again, it's something that's growing and it's it's getting out there. Yeah. And it's more popular than you know just listening to the radio or watching TV. It's 100%. something completely different yeah. for everyone to latch on to, and I think it is important that everyone takes the time to at least find one. Yeah, that Give they enjoy. Even, you know, if you haven't listened, or, I know. Yeah. Obviously, everyone that listens to this. Well, if, if anyone's listening here, you're already listening to one. So thanks very much, <laughs> <Yeah>. guys. That's <laughs> where your first one. <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely go and check out Paul and the guys over at the Banter Hub podcast. And I think I mentioned this before, but one of the things that I'm annoyed that I didn't decide to do from the start was get people to sponsor me beer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that was probably the smartest thing we've done, to be honest. Um, but that's brilliant. Even like a... Like, we enjoy that so much as well. You know, like, when we're thinking, oh, what beer are we going to have this week, you know? And I never would even have thought about the taste of a beer until I started this. You know, every <laughs> beer tasted the same to me until I started doing beer reviews. Yeah. But even, you know, when people sponsor us, you know, it, it's like, it feels good. You know, it's like, they actually want to buy us beer for our, for our podcast, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And it's brilliant, like, some of the stuff. You know, your uh, beer was a classic, the... The Cronenberg. I just know it by the number, but... Oh, uh, yeah. It's 1664, yeah. just a little 2016 throwback for all the Northern Ireland fans at the I Euros. I have had that since 2016, and then when you bring that back, it's the nostalgia, and it, yeah. it's just stuff like, little stuff like that you get from beer sponsors. Uh, it's, and, and it's, it's a load of beers as well that you probably wouldn't have tried yeah, before. Drink, yeah. Like there was the one that Marty brought on, the Molson Canadian. First time I tried that. I, I drank that normally yeah, as well and yeah. I, I love drinking it too and then when I heard it it was like oh my, there's someone else <laughs> there's someone else out it's, there it's not just me and <laughs> we could meet up for a Canadian <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it's a great idea and again it's a little bit of interaction that like you said people want to do that and yeah. you know even if it's only a can or two each you know yeah. while you're doing it just to have that enthusiasm of someone to come forward and go yeah why not just yeah. work away guys and it's something for yeah, you to chat about for five or ten minutes. Get your beer sponsor started. We will sponsor the first one. <laughs> Get it done. Or maybe you can go. I know 
you could go into spirits, do that instead. <laughs> I will have a bottle of Captain Morgan's or rattled through rightly last night. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm running low, guys. Yeah. So maybe that'll be the next one. I'll start like or like whiskey or soft yeah, drinks we were or in the staff room about like uh, about snacks and stuff about making crisps or chocolate, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. They said to me to start doing that and stuff, and I thought. One of the things we always used to do was um, in school we would go around and we would judge a person on their meal deal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we would go name from Tesco's, get your, your sandwich, your drink and your snack. What are you picking? That's and here. then you would go and torture them. Yep. So what's yours? Right, my big problem is with meal deals before you judge me. I hate mayo, right? So it limits my sandwich choice right down. From Tesco. You've got a BLT and that's about it. Or plain chicken. Yeah. And I go plain chicken. Which is, I know it's boring, it's bland, but it's only because every other sandwich has mayo. <laughs> has mayo on it. So don't judge me. Um, Red Lucasade, I'm going for. Oh. I know. You're rich hate me for that. Yeah. No, I, I'm a big fan of it, so you've got yeah. my vote. I was orange before they took the sugar out of it. Now they took the sugar out of it, I'm red. But yeah, we're not going on that. That's quite a sensitive subject. Yeah. So <laughs> Touch you on that. And it depends on the mood. I would either go... Prawn cocktail crisps, if I want crisps, mm-hmm. if I want chocolate, I'm maybe chunky Kit Kat, I think I'm going. Ch- that's it, that's that's quite strong, that one. Yeah. I, 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 I could see myself doing that myself. So I haven't gone down in your reputation. No, no, that's, that's, yeah. that's a solid, I'm going to give, that, I'm gonna give that one a seven. That's, 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 that's a good consistent yeah. level of niceness I'm across the board there. Like, I'm happy with that. But I'm not a big made guy either, like I wouldn't have, well actually tell that, uni, I would have been. But I'm gonna make, I can't remember last time I got a million in the mail. I suppose it's like three quid when you're at uni, so you don't mind just chucking yeah. in. Exactly. <laughs> it saves us making anything, right? Yeah, 100%. and it, it does you a while too. If if anyone wants to comment their meal deal choice, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> get them in for next week, and we'll we'll have we'll have a look through yeah. them. And I want someone to be worse than me. Judge you also. Get get like the the plain ham and cheese sandwich. Oh yeah. A bottle of water. And a, a milky bar or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what torture have you went through in your life to be that sort of sick in the head? Sick no, I'll, that's that's a strong one. I applaud that yeah, one. Yeah, I want to get them all in. Send them in to Jordan Socials. <laughs> yeah, everyone let us know what your favourite sandwich is. Yeah, yeah. good idea. I don't know. <laughs> I'll put a poll up and see who's listening then. Um just just quickly at the end of this episode then, um, guys, I mentioned to, to Paul um, before we came on air today, the, the 25th of May is not only an important date in the world because it's a year since George Floyd died, which I completely forgot about as well, but it's also a year since um, my mum took her own life. So uh, as a family, a year has gone by so quickly. And it's it's honestly just just flown in completely for all of us, and it's it's someone that you kind of knew through yeah. mum working in the school of, yeah. as well, and a lot of people, especially a lot of ex pupils, you know, messaging me and chatting about Alwyn, and she let me go for a smoke break round the corner, <laughs> and didn't tell the teachers or warned me when they were coming, and that kind of stuff as well. But um, yeah, she was one of the people. Uh, yeah, pretty much. She she was sort of worshipped by some of the kids yeah. in that school, and um, you know, there's even a couple of people that will walk by now, or I've met people in later life that went to Laurel Hill and knew Mum, obviously yeah. through the cleaning and stuff like that as well. Um, yeah. a couple of teachers as well were were fantastic with Jody and have, have helped her out so much. But yeah, the twenty fifth, the fifth, yeah, big day is a day that just completely yeah, we a bit off rocked our world um, yeah we chatted a bit off the pod there just about how you cope with that day and stuff and you mentioned just to keep yourself busy and I'm sure I personally I've never experienced loss massively you know no my, both my grandas were dead before I was born uh, my granny was just passed away when I was young and since that I've had you know, no loss. So I can't say, you know, I've been in your shoes or I understand yeah. what you're going through. But I know the way you've coped with it, I think it's been brilliant. You know, no, cheers, man. in the sense, you find a lot of ways to cope, cope with it. And, you know, and it's hard too. You know, you were chatting before about your sister and the moment you had where, you know, she said that we have, we're going to get through this together. We have each other which I think is amazing, yeah. you know, and 
And like for a fifteen year old girl to come out and say that is just mind blowing, yeah. yeah. But that's a credit I think to you as a family too, you know, and I'm sure your mum's very proud. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's it's very tomorrow's gonna be tomorrow's gonna be a tough day for you as well and, and we'll all be thinking of you. Um I'm sure there'll be loads of people there for you, um as well. Uh it's hard, you know, what coping mechanisms would you say for anyone out there do you have any? For anyone that's for in, in all honesty, to be fair, one of the big coping mechanisms for me has been um doing this podcast. Yeah. And, you know, being open from the start about, you know, what, yeah. what has happened and coming to terms with it and recognising that yes, it has happened and mum's no longer there. But in the same sense, you know, the world doesn't stop after that. Yeah. It keeps going. So you have to quickly adjust and, and I think by you being open come to terms with, with it. it with on the podcast and with other people, you know, that helps them to understand it more. For people like me who haven't went yeah. through loss, you know, I now understand from your point of view anyway, how you feel and what you know, what how you've dealt with it and yeah. how you're feeling now. I, I've chatted to other people as well, you know, whether I went to university with them or I grew up with them and they've experienced loss of a sibling or a parent yeah. or, or quite a close one as well. And no two people have had the same experiences and yeah. the same way. You know, we're all different and deal with things in different ways. There's not one set way to do it. And I think that's the important thing for people to, to yeah. figure out. Yeah, you don't have to do what I've done and start a podcast and talk about yeah. it or start blogging or, you know, you can't, you are allowed to be quiet. You're allowed to do whatever you want that you think is healthy yeah. for you. It's only when it becomes a problem after that and it starts becoming unhealthy is when people will need to come in. And, and help as well and intervene and try and do their best for you but this past year the the amount of messages from people I, I didn't even know and um the amount of support that we've got as a family and not just myself my sister and my dad but yeah. you know extended family you know as my well, granda yeah. my aunties and uncles my cousins and stuff like that as well that we've all been through it together and we're quite a large family in Lisburn so there's quite a lot of people knew about it within yeah. a couple of hours like this house was swarming um with about 100 200 people just all standing across the grass there and to be fair the police were inside of us and police officers sat down with dad and uh, dad said to him obviously with with covid and stuff what way does the social distancing work and the, the regulations that way and to be fair he turned around and said unless we get someone complain will not stop it yeah which i think to have in my opinion to have to have that humane frame of mind was unbelievable yeah you know understanding the situation that had just happened and essentially giving it a bye ball because it could have been very easy for one or so to turn around and go right fine everyone here a hundred pound or something like that you know for a hundred or two hundred people all standing spread out across and chatting with each other but you know that would only do a lot worse and, 100%, and that wouldn't help you as, yeah. as a family at all in the slightest it wouldn't help anyone yeah so that was 100%. and then there was a, there was a member of the police ricky taylor um he'll be retiring soon and he got us an escort from ronnie thompson's out to blurris for the final committal and he filled in a risk assessment for us and that's where there was so many people turned up outside the church for that day and there was about five or six hundred people there and that was with covid regulations so god knows how many it would have been yeah. <laughs> if we hadn't have had yeah, yeah. the restrictions and Thousands, stuff like that yeah. you know we'd have had the, ch- the church packed out and you know we wanted it in trinity but we weren't able to have it there but um yeah it's it's been a real strange year yeah. to try and get through it and there, there's so many people in my position you know that have lost loved ones over the years and not just through suicide but with covid cancer you know various other illnesses and things they got there or just you know being elderly and natural causes too so we we all lose 
someone it's going to happen there yeah we're, we're all going to go through this and yeah. unfortunately you know it's happened earlier it's just, than i yeah, would have i would have ever dreamed of but the, the important thing for people in my eyes is just to look out for yourselves once that does happen because yeah. you don't know when it's going to happen and that's why i think it's so important that we talk about it you know so people know what and obviously you said there's different coping, me- coping mechanisms for everyone but they have something they can try or they know look, that's worked for him that's worked for her maybe that'll work for me i can try that it might work for me yeah you know the likes of you saying you know there's days when you have off days and you know you have your bad days with it and it's important that people know that you know they think that, that you know they have their bad day and they think oh my god this is the worst in the world yeah. it's not going to get any better anymore they now know right that happens to everyone who's suffered yeah. grief they know that that this person they, they have bad days too you know I just need to find my way of dealing with these bad days or yeah. maybe just you know getting used to them they have yeah. them you know and, and the thing as well is it's not just for yourself you know there's days I've went into work and I haven't wanted to be there and I've fought with people in work and there's days I've come home and I've fought with my family yeah. you know because of it and we've all been very emotional but it clears the air after that. Yeah. And then, and then you sit down and talk. Yeah. And by you being so open with it as well, people understand your situation. And, you know, if you go into work, they know, you know, maybe they'll... Just by... I just think understanding it is so important. Yeah. You know, and that's why talking about it is so important. And that's just the best way to go about it, I think. Yeah. And it's hard too. It's hard to talk about it, I'm sure. I'm sure you, you didn't... You weren't as easy talking about it at the start as you are now. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure, but... Like, I, I was sort of... I think for the first six or seven weeks was just shock. Yeah. But I was still very open about how I was feeling. You know, because yeah. everyone... Because of the nature of the death, everyone's messaging, you know, oh, I'm here if you need to chat or if you need this, that, whatever, I'm here for you. And, you know, those necessities. It's only after those months that you see the people that actually mean those things, which is quite a lot of people. Yeah. But, yeah, f- from... The, the, the day and hour that I found out that, you know, mum was no longer here, all I'd done was be honest. You yeah. know, there's no, there's no point hiding yeah. behind the fact and trying no, to fabricate sure. something else in my head. So yeah. all I felt was natural was for me to talk about it. And, and talking about mum, not just in her passing, but, you know, yeah. about all these little memories and yeah, stories, and stories and stuff like that. From the kids at school or from, yeah. You know, th- those little things help keep her memory flowing yeah, through people 100%. and like there's not a day where and I, I, I sit down and don't you know, think about her when I, when you come when we were talking before you know when you're talking and you're telling these stories you're smiling you know, yeah. it's not like you're sitting there and you're, and you're obviously you're sad about it but you're, you're, you have a smile on your face when you're talking about your mum which yeah. I think is brilliant you know yeah and like I, even still now like I take the piss out of her <laughs> like <laughs> I do, there was there was um, Facebook the old time the memories. Come yeah, up, exactly. You know? There there was the one with them um, the Faroe Islands, and she thought they were in Egypt. And then <laughs> there was one day we were getting rid of Jodie's old bed, and she had a mattress out the back. So Mum lay down in the mattress and was sunbathing, and I took a picture of her and put it beside a photograph of Patrick Starr, and she was <laughs> fucking raging about that. But that, but that came up again, and I I posted it there maybe a couple of months as well. But it's again those little stories and jokes and those memories that we have you know that keep us going as a family and especially me as well humor has been a massive thing yeah. for me and, and always has been you know i i was always the one in school trying to crack jokes and make people laugh and if people were feeling down i would always try and make them laugh yeah. because for those 30 seconds to a minute when you're just giggling you're not thinking about whatever problem it is you're having and that and that's all i've tried to do since then and whether it works with me or other people as well that are going through stuff, you know, just a little bit of laughter for 10, 15 minutes makes them feel yeah. the world of good that. just after that too. 100%, yeah. And again, that's that's the vibe I get when I sit down and listen to the Banter Hub podcast <laughs> on, a, on a Monday morning in work. Happy days, that's what we're trying to do, that's what we're trying to do. So um, I'll be looking forward to the next episode of that anyway. Yes, and we will get you on, of course. Um, everyone's I'll, welcome I'll, on the Banter Hub. It doesn't matter what you come. want to talk about. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. We'll get you on. Brilliant. Have we'll uh, a right laugh, and I, you can listen to it the next morning. And you can cry with tears of laughter at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can live up to the funny factor now of <laughs> Lewis and his escapades. Oh, shall we say? Yeah, that's what you need. Actually, a night out with him. That'll, oh my word! I don't know if I will survive. Tears of laughter, like. Oh. You should go sober and just watch him. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'll just document them. Not remember it. So oh, absolutely. Just, I'll just. Go. I'll bring my notepad and pen and yeah. just make notes. Or Do you remember this last night? Some? 
No. Put a GoPro on or something? <laughs> just, just so you can find out who he's fighting with. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Sorry, Lewis, I haven't met yeah. you before. <laughs> You're a lovely guy. That you can build a persona from a story. <laughs> but yes, guys, go and check out the Banter Hub podcast after you've listened to this as well. And unfortunately, that's all we have time for, Paul. It's been nice having a, you know, a different side. You know, usually when I'm on the Banter Hub, it's so laugh 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 but I think it's important to have that conversation that we had with, yeah. the, with the banter on the side of it you yeah know? Uh, there's, a, there's a mix of everything yeah, here and that's what's brilliant about it so yeah I've really enjoyed it and yeah I'll be thinking of you tomorrow yes cheers and buddy thank you very much um, best of luck as well with the Banter Hub podcast <laughs> yeah. it's, it's something that's taken off really well and I know from feedback from people that I know that they really enjoy listening to it so well done for that as well Uh and yeah, guys, that's everything for episode 19 today. Um, make sure, if you haven't already, check out all our previous episodes as well. Make sure to follow us at New Leaf Podcasts as well. I'll put a link as well with the post over to the Banter Hub and you can right. follow their socials on Facebook and Instagram as yeah. well and give them a listen. And that's it, guys, for this week. So everyone, stay safe. Take pride in everything you do. And remember, you're all superstars. Love you, Mum. See you later. <laughs>